Welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel MacDonald. And we have Greg Bulger and Johnny MacDonald in studio today. So we're looking forward to plenty of chat on the back of Johnny MacDonald's 67,000 word interview with the 42.ie there during the week. And, uh, I have yeah. to stop, Johnny. Enjoy that. There was more, there was more twists and turns in that than your week at Chatham, John. <laughs> which we won't be talking about. Keith Fatty Ryman, he said you didn't tell everything, Johnny. Fair play to you. No, no. <laughs> we must get Keith on someday. But we're on uh, Podcast Public, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, in association with Airsport and Independent.ie. And it's obviously great having Greg Bull as well, uh, pretty historic week really for Shamrock Rovers having three kids now in the international uh, setup from one age to the other. Greg and obviously Jack Byrne being the main talking point. Yeah, it's it's, it's great and uh, it's great for the club and it's great for the league. And um, especially with Jack, knowing Jack, he was he was pretty pretty happy about getting called up. Pretty happy. Pretty yeah. pretty happy. Um, yeah, he probably wasn't expecting it, but um, just talking to him and all, he was he was delighted, you know. And then obviously with Brandon and Trev getting in there as well. Brandon was late. I think he was, he was in training Monday morning with us. I think he left. He got called up late. But um, yeah, and Trev as well. So yeah, the lads the lads are really happy. And it's, like I said, it's, it's good for the club and good for the league. I, I spoke to Jack out in uh, Abbottstown today. And I think like his surprise is, is there. I mean, even just the look at his face. His teeth, his teeth yeah. <laughs> you can see his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was flashing a winning smile there. But... Has I don't think work I, in his teeth? I don't think in his <laughs> John John like you're just not like, <laughs> let's just I think that was the point I don't know you know anyway that's fine it's very early to be doing that yeah okay but he uh, I think his point would be I think coming home as everyone knows coming home for Jack was a chance to rebuild his career and to get things going again I don't think in a million years he thought this would happen this quickly well, we him. spoke about it on Saturday on the radio and um, we were like I think I said if there is a player that might get in but I hadn't I hadn't uh, you know an inclination at all and listen to the greatest league in the world podcast um, Conan Byrne actually laughed when when uh, Con Murphy don't be slating another podcast but Con Murphy that. said like, uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting he'll be in this squad yeah you don't mention them you don't slate them Con Murphy said I'm not suggesting he'll be in the squad this week and Conan Byrne sort of started laughing it did seem like very implausible all of a sudden he's actually in the reckoning to get a game Johnny maybe Mick McCarthy listens to that podcast <laughs> maybe he don't. were you as surprised as the rest of us yeah, I absolutely was. I have to be honest now. I really am surprised that he's in 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 the in the squad. I'm delighted for him. He's a good lad. It's good for the league. And uh surprised that he's in. But it's, it's a new canvas, isn't it, for everyone. It's a new canvas for Mick, it's a new canvas for players and uh he can play. There's no doubt he can play. He's come from a you know, high caliber, he's come from a good level. He's had a lot of twists and turns so far in a, a young career. And look, and now he'll, he'll grab up with two hands, won't he? he Tell us about his he ability, absolutely will. Tell us, Greg. I mean, you, you work with him every day, so you're best place to talk to anyone. Yeah, no, look, Jack. It's, he's, um, he's a very good player. But one thing I'd say on that is, you know, like when you've got managers and are looking at players and international managers coming and look at games in the League of Ireland, they'll probably, they'll probably judge on the European games, you know. But um, and I know we were playing Sligo the other night, but phew, he was outstanding. He was, he was really good, you know, and... Some of the things he's doing on the pitch, and it's just his taught mind and seeing a pass early and stuff that you know I've played with good players in the league, and he's just, it was, that performance was, was right up there. And I know you could say we're playing against Sligo, probably on a new team gelling together with Lehman on, but um, and like I said, like that manager's come and they probably look at you and they probably judge you on your European performances and stuff. But the other night was he was and obviously Mick was at the game and Robbie and Terry were at the game watching him. So, but um, just day to day coming in, yeah, he's you know and to be fair, he's young, he's 22, but he demands he demands standards you know as well because obviously being at Man City and stuff and other clubs but he's um he's just he's a very good player technically he sees the game really well sees it early sees a pass just he's all around like just top top notch one of the best players he's got a presence doesn't he I think he does, it's he funny does. You, you, I've watched Jack in training this week we've seen bits and bobs of training this week and I guess you think like Nick McCarthy didn't play a League of Ireland player when he was there previously he brought Stephen Gagan into the squad, I think for the Macedonia game, I think it was, and it was a very different league then. I can imagine Johnny Mac. That was the time you were you were playing pretty much, and you can imagine Stephen Gagan coming into that squad as a part-time player with lads who were full-time pros. Jack, I can imagine Jack walking in, He's and Jack has as much a of a sw- Jack yeah. sort of has the same yeah. swagger and, and character and personality that and technical ability as anyone that's there. He's not the going to be sort of uh, in awe of I anyone. I don't think he has that in him. You know, a bit like Keith Fahey when Keith was here. Keith went, you know, he went to England, went yeah. to Arsenal, Aston Villa. Came back. He came back. 
Keith always had the ability to re- to jump back up yeah. into that level, and I think Jack, it would be easy for Jack to jump back up to that level. Because I guess so you, you lads, you know, players. If you a new player comes to your club, like the players are the harsh, the harshest yeah, jury. Yeah. You know, you see them in training and the boxes, yeah. whatever it might be. You can see what they can do. I can't, I can't imagine Jack making a bad impression in that regard. No, you know, you see it straight away when he came in. You like because obviously you know, like you hear of Jack and you kind of follow his career from from background looking at him he's at Man City and stuff and how he's down you hear and there's obviously articles and being built up and stuff mm. and he comes in you're kind of thinking right you can see it now I'm thinking like right how good is how good is he going to be or whatever and um, he came in straight away like pre-season and straight away you could just tell jeez we've a player here like mm. um, were you surprised you were able to buy him really um, well I don't know if we, we didn't, didn't quite buy him, him John yeah, yeah. Yeah. acquired him but maybe like like you said like John was only about Key Fatty coming home and Settling down with probably with your family and friends around you and being in that environment that kicks you re- or kickstarts your career back on again, and um, that could be the case with Jack, you know, and because um, he's had a few ups and downs going at different clubs and whatever for whatever reasons he's in and out of teams and stuff, but um, I think the platform here and like you look at Steve McPhail and and the Gaffer and you know Glenn they're giving him like you know they're giving him guidelines this is what we want you to do and this is where we want you to play go out smile on your face and just give us everything you can like you know and Stephen Bradley said he'd left his ego at home when he signed yeah no he, like you wouldn't Jack, like or Jackie he's a bubbly character now and he, he wouldn't is. be the same without his, his character no he, he wouldn't you don't want to take that out of no, him really no absolutely don't. Like, not and no. you know around the dressing room he's great with the lads great with the young lads and he, like it's like he's an experienced pro coming in he's great with the other lads mm. like helping them on things saying things even to myself he's like Greg just get me that the ball, do that kind of way, but um, that can rub people yeah. up the wrong way. No, in, but in a certain like, way. that's like that's bravery and confidence just, and everything, just getting on the ball. And he demands it from lads, and it's it's a great trait to have, you know. It sets standards among yeah. the group, it yeah. really does. It, it sets does. great standards. We have to manage him as well because when he came off in the Pats game, he threw a hoof like, and obviously, he's but it's, it's kind of because he wants to play. Yeah. 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 Did you know? I guess so. And uh, you just as a manager, you 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 probably just have to maybe treat him slightly different because also he's just so talented. You could tell him things like we took you off because you were too good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Give, build up his. How did you treat stuff. Keith Fatty? Because that was something that you, I mean, Keith maybe had the odd issue with other managers. It didn't quite click with other managers for whatever reason. But you seem to work with Keith. We, I, I would, I, I get feedback from Keith. I'd always ask him for feedback. Keith would always ask you in training, "Why are we doing this?" There was always a why, not to disrupt the training yeah. for the, the reason why we're doing it. You know, whatever system we're playing and. Uh, so he'd always be challenging you, which was good, because he's always challenging yeah. himself, Keith wasn't. You know, so I would speak to him, always have a one-to-one speak to him, tell him the, the reason why you, you might be taking him off, because he might have been just having a bad game. It might have been whatever, or we were ahead, but we didn't want him to get him injured, whatever it might have been. But I think it's important as a manager to talk and not blank people and just don't tell them the reason why they got taken off. You might not have to deal with there and then at that given time. You might say to him after a match, you might speak Monday to him morning, or the next day in Monday training. Morning, really. I think you've got to deal with... But I think you've got to be honest and, and, and tell the truth, you know. But with Keith, there was times with Keith, I didn't play Keith, you know. I didn't play him. You know, I, Keith used to get to a stage where, I mentioned this in, in the article I'd done, where he'd get the boiling point because he's a little bit frustrated with things. We need to let him off. We need to let him cool down. And you used then to tell him back. not to come in the odd yeah, Monday. I would. I'd say to him, we could see him, he'd like... He'd be like a pressure cooker. You'd see it building up. And I'd let him off Monday and come in Tuesday and he'd set the place on fire with the standards of training mm. and stuff and he'd lift everyone. Uh, and, you know, not you'd be th- I wouldn't tell Keith or I wouldn't tell any player he was brilliant just because... I'd tell him if he was good, he was really good. You want good. honesty, don't you? you yeah, 100% honesty. And I swear, you'd sit down with him and he'd get feedback is important from the player because... It's not always about the man. Okay, we give players guidelines. It's all about the players and what they do, and they've got to take responsibility on the pitch and make their own decisions. But we give them good guidelines, and I think players, good players, they want to be pointed in the yeah. right direction. And but we we need to get feedback from them, see how they're feeling, what their thought is on the situation. We we might be thinking, yeah, well, I want you to do that, and he goes right, but he might see something quicker than, and he might go through the middle with it. And he said, yeah, that's it, well done. Take the responsibility to do it. So I think it's important to talk to the player and to be honest with the player and get feedback, you know. And Keith was very fifth. When he was at his level, his top levels, his fitness levels were very good. We would ask the likes of him and uh, Ryan Goy who played for me, Alan Kirby. They were the three fittest lads I taught in my group. And I'd look at them and I'd ask them, how do you feel? And if they gave me any sort of feedback in relation to a little bit, I'd drop the training down. I'd drop the, the whole level of the training down because... And I think then the repl- not just on the pitch. I think the players respect you 
that you're letting them have yeah. an input in what we're trying to do at a club. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that answers the question, yeah. Johnny. But I, th- I think with Jack, it's interesting. I, I, you know, Stephen Bradley as a manager for Jack. Stephen Bradley, when, when he was 16, 15, 16, was the next big thing. Shame Stephen man. Bradley went to Arsenal and he coped. It probably wasn't as high profile as Jack, but, but not, not far off. You probably remember Stephen Bradley as a schoolboy footballer in, in Dublin, Johnny. And I think that must help in terms of the relationship between, with, yeah. between Stephen Bradley and, and Jack. And even Stephen McPhail, who's been away, it has to be, he has to understand maybe the times where Jack would be frustrated. Because, I mean, Stephen Bradley didn't d- deliver on his own playing ability, and he said that himself. And when he came home, I think he found it maybe a bit harder. But, and and you, when someone like Jack comes into the league with his profile, you just wonder what way it can go. There's always that fear. There's always, there's always that fear that he'll just struggle and he'll sink. But he you has know? the and ability that's the, to, to put himself in, in Jack's shoes. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. To see them questions coming and answer them questions and learn about the mistakes and give just. You know, just pass on his experience to to, to players of what what he came through and, and the rest of the lads that had come through at that level. So that's important that you, you give that feedback to the player as well. And as I said, it goes both ways. It, it definitely goes both ways. Mm. I mean, it is an interesting call up. I mean, I, I I'd love to. I'd say there would be players who maybe at Jack's previous clubs or lads in the lower leagues in England or even Scotland where he didn't get in, would probably be raging a bit. I mean, th- that is that is. The reality of it, you know, I've spent a fair bit of time going over to England and speaking to lads over there, and sometimes they look at League of Ireland lads being captain. There's there's almost that yeah. attitude towards it over there, but like at the same time, I think now the 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 next Jack, the next Jack who's twenty twenty one twenty two, and things aren't working out for him over there. I think Jack coming home and getting the push that he's got now sure, will so. make them think twice about maybe coming home rather than sticking it out. You know, I, I'm just picking an example, and it's not because someone like Connor Clifford. I think you know he's he stuck it out in England. Just, to, I think you know you, you you stay in England just to stay in England as much as Andrew. So you don't are, want to come back. Are you saying, Daniel, that you know if you're up there and you, for the want of a word you're falling? Yeah. The, the electricity league gives you that shelf Platform. to land on and just sit there. Yeah. Yeah, I think and it, rebuild from there rather than just go all the way down. It to gives the you conference. a higher profile, and yeah. I think I think the, the you know I spoke to lads at League One clubs recently who might be. They think, well, they're doing very well. They're surviving in League One, which is a very good level. And they might have played a couple of hundred games over there, but they're, they're never getting capped. Whereas someone comes home here, does very well, and there's a bit of a public push behind them. But in a way, that's what we need to do to make our league better. You know, like there's, there's a... It, and, and I honestly don't believe that this is a PR thing either, I have to say, from, from... I think Mick McCarthy, the way he's picked his squad, I mean, it's a bit haphazard in some ways that he names a 38-man squad, and then he's, he's gone to watch Josh Cullen it's not just Jack that he's called in from outside the squad. He went to watch Ronan Curtis play for Portsmouth, saw Josh Cullen from Charlton on the other side and said, actually, I like him. He called him in. He went to watch Jack, he called him in. So I, I think the, the reasons for it are good, but there's a spin-off here that I think it is a good publicity boost. It must be a great boost for even any player in the league that you now have, like, you know, if Jack comes back, there's a natural lift, I think, in your group, I'm guessing, just f- from this experience that he's having. Yeah, it just, it just shows, doesn't it? Like, like you've just said there, like about lads coming back. Some lads go the other way. They come back and they're thinking, oh, I'm probably a failure. Like, I haven't done it in England. I've gone to teams and it hasn't worked out. When you come back, you think, oh, I'm back in the League of Ireland. And you've got other lads come back and, you know, it's the kickstart they need to get, get back up, get, get their confidence back up. And as a footballer, and probably as a person. And um, like you said, Jack, Jack at the minute is a great example of that. And um, yeah, we're all like obviously in the team and WhatsApp groups are flying like oh, buzzing for you, Jack. Like fair play, like you know. And um, but yeah, we're just we're really happy for him, you know. Yeah, Maybe as well when he went to Canberra, we'll say on loan. Chris Blake from Air. I was just talking to him before the show, and he said we've just found footage of an interview around that time, and they're like, "Why are you going to? Why aren't you going to club in England?" He's like. I want to play somewhere where I my football style is more suited. And Jack Bourne would be better off playing in the League of Ireland in a kind of a roving number 10 role than playing in League 2. Yeah. yeah. And I think know, I on, think on winter pitches. I think, like, obviously, some players come back and they, they get into a team that mightn't suit their style of football. I think Rollers, the way Stephen Bradley wants to play football, suits Jack down to the ground and he's in the right environment. Like, to fair to Stephen, he wants to play football the right way on the ground. I was not saying there's one right way or wrong way to play football, but it suits... Jack's game and footballers and players that want to play and I think you could come back and play in a say a different team, I'm not gonna name name a team, but just a team that doesn't play football mm. and it, it could go go down it, again. It's you know? f- it's funny though that Sligo were so poor on Friday, like so poor. Um 
that Jack was able to showcase his talents and it was kind of it just could have happened at exactly the right time for him and I'm going back to the Bowes game where he was taken off at half time to, because you were down to 10 men yeah. and I'm, I'm just curious like how could he react to that because he was probably your best player and, and he's a player who obviously has that temperament how does he react that night well it just shows didn't he the next last two games after that then he was probably the best player for us like, mm. you know, and that kind of says a lot about him because like anything you're getting you're getting took off at half time just to probably Whatever Stephen thing was behind it was probably just look stay solid try and nick it on the break you know that kind of way I've just this vision of him like going mad in the dressing yeah, well, room to be fair, know, and, and, and I was in the dressing room I was yeah. in the dressing room at half time go and on, you could see on, Greg, you could see he was no, he, he, he was disappointed and it was more like he didn't throw a tantrum around he was just more sad I'd say than angry you know that kind of way because like, he wanted to be like he's the kind of fella I can affect this game I can get us the winner he's that kind of person so but then after then you know the next two games two weeks he's in training normal same and he's probably our best player in the next class like he, hasn't had a nor- he hasn't had a normal life to this no. like, since he's been 14, 15 boy. he's been told yeah, and, and, and like you have these lads who they, they've never almost tasted disappointment in their life I remember <laughs> I mentioned Connor Clifford I remember talking to Connor about this before that when he got to like until the age of eighteen, he'd never have a th- he'd, ne- he'd never had a setback in his life. He'd been the best player in a schoolboy team, you know, the best player underage. You go to Chelsea, you know, and everyone tells you you're great, and then all of a sudden you have your your first disappointment or your first rejection, and that's the challenge, you know. And in fairness to Jack, like he's it a lot about you, y- yeah, it does. It must do. He's you maturing, know? Uh, you know, at that age. Twenty two, twenty two, like but, but yeah. like some lads don't mature to twenty four, twenty five. You know, like the penny has probably dropped him. And uh, he's a big career ahead of him if, if things go right. And things might just go right for him. He's garnered a lot of the headlines, I'd say, Dan, at the kind of press days as well and the training sessions. Seems to be a lot about Jack Byrne. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, he, I, he came in today, he was around shaking everyone's hand and like. He's, <laughs> Playing the room. But like, Jack came in, I remember before Euro 2016, he came in in March 2016 when he was on loan at Canberra at the time. And Martin O'Neill didn't take to him at all. Martin O'Neill, because I think they thought he was too cocky, you know. And he came in; it was his first training session, and he was talking about he wanted to go to the Euros. He believed in himself, and he's always had that thing that he backs himself. And sometimes Irish people don't react well to confidence, you so know. Back down there we're, in we're, the corner, yeah, there, we're not sure. Know. We want someone to be a bit more. I say we. I say, I, mean, that, I think not everyone does. I think people don't mind it, but it's certainly. I think with Martin O'Neill, it, it rubbed them up the wrong way there's no there's so no you're saying if Jack that. come on as a sub against Gibraltar he'd be pushing lads out of the way to take the direct free kick and stick at the top I, corner I could see him do that say he would yeah. but Dan he has a chance he seems to have a chance of getting some game time yeah I think he, I, yeah I, I think it's possible it's possible um, I, I guess you know you, there's been a, quite a few dropouts in certain positions like I'd imagine David McGoldrick would probably play as the number 10 but then you're looking to options if, if, you look at, if you look at the mix Curtis isn't available Curtis, yeah. Curtis is out O'Dowd is out Alan Brown is out they like um, Curtis so I was talking to Robbie last weekend yeah Robbie said they like him but they, they like Curtis and I think they like O'Dowd but neither of them are available so it's opened things up um, you know Matt Doherty might play on the right side of midfield but in terms of that sort of central playmaker <laughs> or whatever you however you want to describe it I think yeah McGoldrick He's Robbie, done well, McGoldrick. Robbie Brady Jack Josh Cullen plays a bit deeper, I think. You know, so he, he seems to want to play in the rice role, uh, Cullen. Yeah, so I, th- I think, yeah, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he gets off the bench in a game. How, how good yeah. is he versus, we'll say, the likes of Chris Forrester or the players you've played with in the League of Ireland? Um, look, I've, I've been lucky enough to play with some Yourself, top obviously. No, I wouldn't stop with you. But um, <laughs> no, I've been lucky enough to play with some good look, players. Look, a big bag of medals there beside him. <laughs> 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 Hopefully not done, but... Um, no, I play a good players like like Key Fatty, Mark Quigley, mm-hmm. Chris Forrester. I'm just putting them in like, on that bracket and Jack. I think kind of in that bracket, like really talented. I'm probably missing out on a few here. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, well, but you know, and um, yeah, it's like obviously I've only played with him for what two months now, mm. and he's he's put a he's had a big impression on me, you know. And um, just for for Rovers as well, the fact that like to have those three lads, Clark, Brandon, Cavanagh, to me is one of the most exciting girls I've ever seen in the League of Ireland. Then you've Galway United got a lad called up to the under-18 squad, Andy Reid's squad. Great news for Galway United. Um, it just does seem to be becoming a bit of the norm now that players are being called up, at least for underage. But to have Kavanagh and Clark as well... Token reference to Galway United there for no ah, reason. It's, but it's very <laughs> unusual for Galway United to have like an under-18 under uh, Donald Higgins yeah. get called up is great news. But like for Rovers, Rovers could be able to call off the game against Harps because if three guys call up... Yeah, well, I don't know, back to the lads getting called in... Um, I think it says speaks volumes about the league of Ireland and the underage structure and stuff. And or is it a case where over in England 
the lads that are playing 21s are not maybe in first teams and playing school by football or the 23s. I just think you can't be competitive football. Mm. And Brandon's been in and around our first team and Trevor obviously had a bad injury last year. How was he after the year? He's back I yeah, flying. He's back brand new, yeah. You wouldn't think, you wouldn't he last year was a big loss. Yeah, it was race. a big loss for Huge us. He was. Loss for he was. And like, he's like a new sign again in this year, obviously, because you forget that he didn't play most of last year. But, um, you know, like, he's Trev's, Trev's flying, like... Um, but uh, going back to your point, like yeah, you can't be competitive football. You know, even when I was playing underage with UCD, we were playing like the, 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 there was the Twenty One League here, and like I used to be going up for what age was like seventeen, eighteen, playing Twenty Ones. I could be playing against Jim Crawford, the Shells, stuff like you were playing against men. You know, that's why you learn your trade. Kicked around the place, yeah, getting kicked yeah, around yeah. the place. You learn your trade. You you know? Toughen up. Yeah. You toughen up, and you know it really shaped me as a player playing against the likes of that. And like uh, obviously you look at international setups and managers and they're probably thinking, Yeah, we've a serious player here, wherever we be at Brighton, Sheffield, whatever, and he's playing the the Rebel Reserve football twenty threes and stuff and I know like whatever you have here then they're playing competitive football against men. It's men that, like men against boys, you Just know. Just on I mean? that it's as well, Gavin Bazuna, you like he's obviously in Stephen Kenny's squad at the moment. Um what was your impression of him? I still can't believe. I think he's still eligible for the 17s. Oh, it's, it's, he's, uh, seven, he's, he's turned 17 in February. Yeah. Self and Troy Parrott were both born it's crazy. in February it's crazy. 2002. So there you go. So they're 17, yeah. It's 17. crazy. Yeah. I think Troy be still under 16. Troy, Troy is still under 16. Troy and Gavin are both eligible for the under 17 European yeah. finals yeah. this summer, but they're both being called into the 21 squad. Now, I don't know if they're going to drop back. Well, Troy, I don't think will. I don't know about Gavin, but... I mean, he's, he's, we need he's to push Troy young. on. We need Troy pushed on to the Ga- team. Like Gavin was in as a goalkeeper. I mean, he could still be playing in 20, 23 years, you know? But Adrian, we are going to be practically dead. John, you could be dead by then. Yeah. 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 Johnny, I will not be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I look after myself. Not, Long live not the like king. yourself. Not Long like yourself. But you're, you're nearly, you're, I know he's supposed to be very grounded. You're picking Johnny Ward up from the hospital. You nearly don't want to skip on the fair. You nearly, you don't want to beat him up too much just in case because he's so young. He's so young. 17 in February. 17, yeah. And you know, like he's a big lad. He's only 17. He can fill out more. He get bigger. But he's just, in training, his application in training when he was in was for two years of the year I was there was, was unbelievable you know he wanted to learn he'd listen he'd never like back chat or lads could be telling ah, whatever Gav do this whatever there's no nothing he'd just take it all on board and learn from it and he's just such a great lad and you, you kind of see lads going going away at a young age and you've been in teams around teams and you really want this lad to do well because he's Gav's, he's a top top fella as well as, as there was one other you, you've had that sorry yeah. you've had that with Shawnee Maguire I guess yeah. as well I mean Jack actually walked in with Shawnee Maguire yeah, to the great. Crazy. and left Shawnee yeah. at the yeah. top table yeah and it's <laughs> I lived with Shawnee as well. I lived yeah. with Shawnee on Cork as well yeah. I mean Shawnee was talking about Jack then you know and I guess like it's, it's sometimes you ask like I mean with all due respect like you're asking Richard Kyo yesterday he's not able to really talk about like the League of Ireland player coming in but Shawnee and Jack it's almost like they played with each other yeah in they, the they, they did yeah the even though Jack's probably a bit younger but uh, but not by much you know but uh, it, there's a real understanding there you know of of Jack's story but I was just going to say um, like Greg from your perspective at Rovers this year I mean there's a lot of talk about. Jack coming in, but Aaron McIniff coming in, Dylan Watts coming in last summer. But you know, you've pushed on yourself. You're playing. Has it sort of lifted you in some way? This sort of competition that's been brought in by the players. Um, yeah, I think like I think all the kind of teams I've I've played in over the years. I think you can't beat the competition, you know, because you kind of you could be playing in a team and you could be have a stand yourself in a team. And as the season goes on, you kind of think you come in trend. Like I'll just do enough here because I know I'm going to play a Friday. You know, well. You never done that. No, no, I'm saying other lads, other lads, yeah. yeah. But you kind of like you could get that, get into that mindset. But I think when you have teams like you play with Pats and Cork and league winning teams and stuff, and it's the competition has been there, you know. I think you need that. And um, obviously with the lads coming in and Dylan coming in halfway during last year, top player Aaron and Jack, top players. You know, you kind of give you that boost. And fair for me, I was like a challenge. Like right, I want to show these lads. These lads are centre mids, same as me. I want to show them how like that. I'm a good player and you can't beat the recognition of your fellow players you know people so weren't saying last season oh Greg will just have an outstanding campaign they didn't they didn't really like no, so so what what did you need to do to change um look obviously I don't want to get into it too much but um I kind of fell out where kind of you know playing playing with Cork um I like I know John he plays a certain style of football a certain way and I obviously I played a patch with William Buckley played a certain style of way certain style Playing a car, coming back to Rover, I was kind of probably getting my feet back of playing that way that I was used to playing at Pats. Um, no, not this, 
respecting John and what way he plays teams or whatever set up well it's kind of similar obviously Stephen plays similar to Liam Buckley about getting on the ball having that pressure to get on the ball tight areas play football and try and control games while maybe down in Cork with John it was more get a forward playing there half hard to beat and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever it's successful it's a great time playing it but it's just that pressure again of getting, what you took me about twelve months to get me head back around it. That, that's you it, that's that a fascinating mindset, thing. Yeah. It's not even. I suppose it's just your what you're doing every day. It's like yeah, yeah. I'm just slightly out of the habit of maybe doing something, and I need to be doing this day in day out. Yeah, and it's great. And like playing playing back with rollers now, and there's that pressure that like oh, I need to get on the ball. Yeah, I need to get on it. I need to get the ball to Jack, put on arm, making they've done a watch finner, whatever. And you know, there's that pressure of doing that. Well, down in Cork, maybe so. Maybe the first year I thought we did, and we got through three rounds playing nice football. I think the next year, three then, rounds in Europe, in sorry, Europe, yeah. sorry. And um, the next year then was more right, get it up, get it to Shawnee, and we played there half, no messing around the back, and it was successful. You had Sean so Maguire, great, done the double, and um, and like I said, there's no right way or wrong way of playing football, but from what teams I I like to play, I was obviously trying playing teams I play football and stuff. Obviously, I think I can mix it as well, but um, but you're I the holding midfielder. Like I was saying this to you before the show, I couldn't believe against Watford it was McAniff and Watts were the two holding midfielders. But you said you'd miss a couple of games, and uh, you are that you are such a vital player to Rovers because they've about sixteen number tens. Um, no, Do you know I, what I mean. Like I was just <laughs> they nearly like they have so many midfielders, and you're the obvious one who has to do the dirty work. Yeah, I know. Look, look, I think we've. But we can see the two goals this year. Have you won from sixteen One from a penalty, one from a free kick, and I don't think it's just me doing there doing the, the dirty work. It's everyone. It starts from the front. Starts from Aaron Green. If you've seen our games this year, Aaron Green's been tremendous, like for his press, and it just goes through the whole team. You know what I mean? And uh, obviously the boys at the back. But um, look, you're saying there, the boys starting starting the season, Dylan and Aaron. I I missed probably about two weeks pre-season and I kind of missed probably the games leading up to the season probably why I wasn't in the team but I kind of thought jeez I could be find myself out of the team here now so look I just put my head down and look kind of got back to what, what I'm good at and just look I'm lucky enough to be in the team at the minute and you, you also said your strength and conditioning you've tweaked that a bit which I thought was interesting yeah I, was, I, I kind of felt Johnny I'm not the quickest player you know um, I kind of find over the years anytime I kind of do weights and stuff I kind of like I, I get too heavy I can't get around the pitch so I kind of this year I kind of tweaked it a bit and I just said look I've got gone con like in with Darren Dillon, the sports scientist is brilliant and said it to Gaffer that I, I don't want to be doing heavy weights because I just for me I need to be light, I need to be light on my feet, I need to be able to cover the ground. It's kinda of my game, trying to read the game and obviously get tackles and cover the ground. So I was like down a few kg. I wasn't I wouldn't say I was fat last year, I was just was carrying too much weight, my body fat was down. Was, and I could I couldn't get around, you know. Inhibiting your agility. Yeah, type that's thing, it, yeah. that's it. And I think it just I need like I'm said, like everyone's different. Players, every player is different. Everyone's body's different. Yeah. But for me, it was a case where I, I wasn't doing any heavy weights this year in pre-season. It was just all about me agility and stuff like that and getting around. I think it's benefiting and I kind of feel back to where I should be. And obviously last year, I don't think it was nowhere near where what it could have been, you know. So hopefully, look, I've started well. I've done okay. It's early days. So early days, like I said, it's only 10 games in or seven, six or seven games in, so... Well, your big games, you lost to Bowes and Dundalk were probably edged it in Tala, from what I heard. Yes, that's what you think, so. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't at the game now, but um, <laughs> it's still early days of Rovers. Oh, it's John. early. It's very early, yeah. Five clean sheets. I mean, I, 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 if you can keep the clean sheets, do you have no the players chance. and the ability to score? You, you talked about being on the ball and controlling games. I, I've I've had a go off Rovers over the last few years in relation to points tally and being so far yeah. behind. It's a brilliant opportunity for you this year to, to be out in front. I think it's important that you get a good start. It builds up confidence around the team. You know, it really does. It builds up, you know. Momentum, isn't it? Absolutely. And when you're winning, if the rotation, if you're going to be rotating players, I don't think there's any problem for the manager or the coach. You rotate players, you keep getting the wins. And, you know, if you're playing Greg or swapping Dylan, Whoever, whatever yeah. it is, it doesn't matter if the three points is being picked up, everyone's in top form. And, you know, I think it's a brilliant opportunity for us this year, and I know it's a long, long, long way to go. Next match is Finn Harps on, on Friday. That's the most important match for us yeah. this season. It'll be a difficult match up there, but I think this is a brilliant, brilliant opportunity this season. And things are falling into place. Even the late goal down in Waterford. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ethan Boyle. Ethan. It, it was a strange goal, but sometimes when things happen... No, it wasn't Ethan Boyle. It wasn't Ethan Boyle. Yeah, it was the, the, the Austrian The, the dubious goals well, panel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Gave it to Orhan. Orhan, yeah. yeah. But it was very it was dubious one, one goals. One of them panel. goals that you think, yeah, 
little bit of momentum going here, and that's early on in the season. Uh, your clean sheets, as I said, eight different scores. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got a really, really, really good opportunity. McInnes chipping in with a few goals. Greens scored a couple of goals. You know, uh, big panel. Things are things are going well. Dundalk kind of not rebuilding. Yeah, different regime. Cork lost a few players. So I think it's a brilliant opportunity for us. You need to grab it by two hands. And no pressure, lads. No pressure, no lads. But I, I think, I think we, we should look at last week's results in some ways. We'll sort of fly through them. I mean, we've mentioned the Shamrock Rovers, Sligar Rovers game, and it was, just from looking at the, the highlights, I suppose it was comfortable to a degree, you know, in, the, in terms of number of chances you created. But I, th- I think there was a bit of shape. There's a bit of shape developing in the table, too, in some respects. I mean, the Dundalk winning up in Derry, I think that was a big win. Um, so Dundalk moving into second. Cork beating Bowes, tuna at home. I think that for Cork, they've sort of... Whether the storm a small bit, yeah, to some degree. And, and they're now up to fourth into the top half. Waterford 2, Pats nil. I think I might get your views, uh, Johnny Mack, on Pats maybe in a second. They, they're Unfortunately, Michael Drennan is still the only player to have scored for him <laughs> well, this that's season. A, that's and that's a, that's a massive problem. And then UCD <laughs> beating Finn Harps, which in some degree, you wonder if UCD are finding their stride a small bit too and actually getting now results to go with some of their performances. So I thought it was an interesting round of results last week in the sense where... Maybe we're starting to see the table develop to some degree, but maybe Pats, Johnny Mac, have your club close to your heart. I don't know, have you seen much of them yourself this yeah, year? But I did, and you know, the, the, even though they got their victory against against Cork at the, at the match, Cork had a fair few chances in the game. Mikey mm. is the only getting the gold. Mikey Drennan, uh, Brandon, I think needs to step up to the play at Pats as well. It's an opportunity for him to play every week. Uh, you know, as I said, not not a lot scored in goals. Started off well, and then. Draw with UCD, draw, draw with Finn Harps, beating in Waterford, and uh, beating by Rovers as well. So they haven't won in four pats. They got off mm. to a good start. Uh, probably a bit different to the regime with Liam, where Liam would get it and play it and play it. A little bit more defensive, I, I would say. But uh, they need to pick, start picking up a few. If, they, if they're thinking about getting to Europe and things like that, they need to start picking up a few victories. And um, big crowd force match of the season, you know, like most of the... If that doesn't happen, that, all that will drop I, off. I, I don't want to blame one player, but an awful lot of this rests in the fact that they have persisted with Chris Forrester, who's not playing well. Uh, from the games I've been at, he just hasn't gotten going at all. And in this league, you're not going to get away with carrying one player. He's come back either mentally or physically. He's not at it. And I think that you're talking. I think about you're labouring on that a lot, though. When you have standards, maybe for a player of his ability, and Harry has probably been in a bit of a rock and a hard place situation, that I don't want to disappoint him, and um, so I want to keep playing him. But he's not playing well. Mm. And what if you it, ask any, but I got the sense that he needs games too. That's the to other thing. to some degree. But um, now they're down to they're, they're eight points off Rovers now. Yeah, but they're, 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 they can't be relying on young Jamie Lennon, who was last season was his fourth season as well. They can't be relying on someone like him to. They need other players yeah, to score yeah. goals though. Mm. So if Brandon Mila hasn't scored yet, well, Brandon um, Brandon has the ability to to move up yeah. absolutely. It, for me, it's mental with Brandon. Sometimes mm. you're talking about the way. So I look at Brandon and he looks as if he's pumped up too much. His ability, he can score goals. He's a good finisher. He just needs to. He just needs to get on target. He could go on a run, absolutely go on a run, and you know, with, with him and Mikey. And then you, you, you need the fellas. You need your midfielders chipping in with eight or ten or six goals a season as well. You need your centre halves getting getting goals from set pieces. But uh, you know, as I said, they have they they haven't won in four matches. They had a goal pretty controversially disallowed now in this game. You're talking about small margins as they well. They were two down at the time, don't Never you? Yeah, also, you know. Never often. No, uh, no, it was a bad thing. But if yeah. you're asking me, ask me the question. If you're asking me about Pats, uh, if they got into Europe this year, I, I, I think it'd be an achievement enough. For them. What did you make of them, Greg? Because Brandon Mead played very well in that game, but I thought Rovers like that was one night where I was like, well, Pats won't be winning the league despite my fifty-one bet with Dan. Um, they're not going to. Be, I thought you bossed the game that night. Um, no, I thought it was a tough game. I thought it was. I thought we started very well in the game. Um, but I think like with Pats, there was, there was so many bodies in the middle of the park and. Lads, wingers coming in, and obviously they'll get their wits with the fullbacks and stuff. It's it's hard to play against, you know. But we felt that like we could maybe catch them on the counter, that kind of way. And we we made a few um, lovely counter attacks. Maybe should have scored a goal or two, but it's it's always hard to play against Pats because you kind of sometimes you kind of have to give up possession and stuff. But um, there's top quality players there. I no doubt they're going to kick on. Um, like likes of Brandon Miele, Chris Forrester, Mikey Drain's going to get goals, and then you obviously see Gary Shaw come off the bench. And I like Reese McCabe and I like 
I think I think they should, like they gotta be up there. They gotta be up there with the squad they have. You know, it's gonna take them time. It's, it's, just, no. it's just finding the right system for you know yeah. for, for the players and the, and the mix of players and the new players coming in. It's just finding the right system and and, and the right way of playing. We've yeah. had the anniversary of uh, Ryan McBride's death as well, mm. but this was a real I don't know. It was a bit of a statement of intent from Dundalk to have just gotten rolling now. Um, yeah, they seem to have got rolling a bit. Yeah, now I, I, I mean, yeah, that that was an impressive win. I mean, it was it looked like a full house up there. I mean, I, I, I was. I mean, there's been a lot of changes at Derry still. So I mean, they they've actually had a quite dramatic turnover over the winter. So I think it's just going to take them a bit of time. And I think Dundalk, yeah, have managed to find their way a small bit. I mean, we have this unusual scenario this week, whereas we spoke about it a bit off air, but Finn Harps and Shamrock Rovers is the only game taking place again. Now, it's a freakish coincidence because Finn Harps and Shamrock Rovers played on a Monday night a couple of weeks ago because of the European Under-17 final in May. I think that was unfair on Finn Harps. I have to say that game being brought forward to but a they, Monday they night. They were after being in Dublin the, the week what, before that as well. It was unfair. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I understand the reasons why it happened. It's one of these things where clearly the fixtures are being done randomly generated. I think with Tala being the host of that tournament and uh, the FAI being a part of that staging, I think they could have managed for Rovers to be away that week personally and avoided this scenario. I think that's pretty common sense stuff. And it's going to be odd that Rovers and Harps are going to have two more games played. However, for Rovers, it's a great opportunity to get some points on the board. Not to make a Stephen um, Kenny's comments. Stephen, I mean, it just goes to managers when they're in one job, they'll say what suits them in that job and they'll say, you know, you you have to be probably selfish to some degree and you'll say what suits you now. I mean, I think Stephen Kenny did address, the, I think he he did make comments about fixtures more so in the European context, but I, I, do, I don't think he was ever chuffed about this fixture logjam. Now, I mean, it, it is a load of rubbish what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. I mean, it is annoying. Uh, there actually is an argument now that I wonder some of the clubs that put in for their game to be called off this Friday, I wonder would they regret it a small bit? I mean, I know that Rovers probably have the facility to lose a couple of players and still have a strong squad. Um, but you look at some of the the part-time... I mean, I'm thinking of Bowes, for example. It's, it is a massive loss for them to take Leahy and Mandrea out of the equation, but they still have Paddy Kirk. They still have... Paddy good, Kirk and his piano. They still have good... You know, talent Unbelievable. That, yeah, yeah, some skills. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if people have seen this, but um, they have good players. And I wonder would play in the fixture have been better now rather than adding to your schedule in April when when they're going to play, what, six games in 17 days? Uh, six games in seven... I think people have heard us talk about this before. I think everyone knows the view in it, so I think maybe it's repetitive for people. But six games in 17 days, it's hard on fans, it's hard on players, it'll affect the quality, it'll affect the crowds that go to games, it'll affect pitches, it, it, it doesn't... It, it, there's no good aspect to this for me. I understand that the FBI will say, well, we have to be conscious later in the season. What if games are rescheduled for Europe? Uh, to be fair, there's so many players in the underage, underage, underage teams now that actually you could have games called off around every international break in September, October, November. Well, in November, not so much, but even in, in May. So did the FBI have problems with this? What it's was the Sligo stint last year without a game at home? Not, yeah, th- that was yeah, a long time. And the like problem is, the problem months. for me is the waiting that the FBI Cup is given later in the season. And they have to avoid a scenario where clubs play one-sixth of their league season in three weeks and then mm. don't play a game in, in three weeks later. Because the then, uh, what happens, John, then is you, you end up, um, there's, there's obviously a cash flow problem because there are no gates, but I guess you can always look for a hundred grand loan, can you? Uh, I didn't hear that question, Johnny, yeah. in fairness. <laughs> but just but just go back to what Daniel's saying, seriously. From a, from a manager's point of view, from a coach's point of view, I think the point you made about this weekend that whether you're, you're Bowles or someone with a smaller squad, you might say, okay, I've lost the player. But you know what? Let's go and play the match. Mm. Let's go and take a chance. And that, for me, if I'm a player, that's telling me that the manager has confidence in the rest of the group of players. And you might go on and win a match and pick up three points. And I think that could be very beneficial to the group of players. That's very interesting. I wonder the next international break, will mm. the request go I, I, I just say, but Well, you mentioned Bowes, like Kirk and Mandreo, they're, they're dispensable. No, Lee, Lee and Mandreo. Sorry, Lee and Mandreo. So but Ali Regba's away too, to be fair. Mm. You know, with but, the 19s. But, but, you're, but, but you're, you're nearly telling the Andy rest Lyons of the team. Well. Mark, yeah. Or crap without these three. Well, it's like Rovers. So yeah. we'll say, like, Dylan Watts is not getting his game at the moment for Rovers. We had Sean Cavanaugh on. He's not getting his game at the moment or isn't a regular starter because of Trevor Clark. So at least Bradley is saying to your lads, we were missing those three, but we've enough faith that, no, well, admittedly they're playing hard. So we've enough faith in the players. But the we flip have. side of that then is, is that if I'm a manager and I have a squad that's not a big squad, 
And I said, right, we're taking a chance this weekend. We're losing two players. We're going to go. Johnny and Danny, you two are coming into the team. You're telling me you should be playing every week. This is your opportunity. You've, you've trained well. Let's go. We get a victory. Brilliant. Fantastic. The lads coming back going, Woof, I can be doing a bit out here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Also then, the two lads come in and they have an absolute shocking, right? And uh, then you go to the board and you say, look, I need players. Yeah. I really do this, so it, it can work both ways I've, so I've a vision I'm, I'm of Ali Horgan kind of saying like you know these Dublin upstarts they think that even though they're missing all the lads they come down here and win but at the same time if you'd seen the game they played against them the other day you're like but right, oh, right. Oh, I, I don't know John they're going to have that pitch in on Friday yeah. and it's going to be, be they, they did it for the Dundalk game like mm. it's going to be a very different game in Donegal than mm. it was in but Talent, I'm talking about from say. a manager's point of view or a coach's point of view and trying to manage your group and manage your team you know, and and you can control that a little bit, and you've got to use situations to get your point of view across, and you've got to use situations for players to come in and do their business, and if they don't, well then you're able, to, as I said, you're able to say to the board, look, this is where we're at. Just on Dundalk, then you you were on about Dundalk there. Sean Murray must at least look at this and say, well, I have a bit of a squeak here because he seems to be the player that everyone's raving about at Dundalk as well. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I saw I saw Sean play a couple of times, the first game of the season and against Rovers. And I think it was early days from then to some degree. I, I've I've heard great reports of how he's played in the last couple of games. And I mean, he's someone that's like he played what, over 75 championship games, I think, before he was 21, 22. So I think, yeah, I think he would look at Jack Byrne getting the call and think that would be a serious push. I don't think, uh, I'm not sure if too many of Dundalk games have been covered actually by sort of Terry Connor was at one of the matches, I think. But the way things have fallen, like, I, could, I mean, to me, from the press point of view and everything, I think it's great. You know, when the dog play Rovers, I think it's towards the end of April. It's brilliant. This is what you want to be talking about. You know, you've got Jack on one side who's been in the Ireland squad, Sean Murray, who might be thinking that could be me, and McElhenney Michael Duffy, like other, other players, you know. So I think we are building up. I mean, Greg's not going to write everyone else out of the equation here, but <laughs> I think we're potentially building into an interesting title race between these teams. I think. I think the Dock will probably be sick that their game's not played this week because I think they were maybe building a bit of momentum. The flip side is it's a chance to get some of the bodies back that, that are carrying knocks at the moment, like Shields, and you know they, they're, they're going to go without... They're not going to be without them for a game, but I think they were building up a small bit, I think. So... It's getting interesting at the top. Well, definitely. at the very least, Dundalk and at, le- at the very least, Rovers are now title contenders anyway, we can safely say. I would definitely say so, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, Greg Shaker's not, not happy, no. Nah. Be happy yeah. with Europe, yeah? Always, uh, Rovers are always title contenders. The fans will tell you that. Yeah. Well, they're going to have that. The one thing about Rovers is that there was this view, and I think I saw Stephen Bradley say a couple of weeks ago, it was almost a bit simplistic to say, well, all they need is a 20-goal-a-season striker, and, and, and that's it. There's obviously way more to it than that, and that team... That you've got, you know, that team strength Five that you've got. Sheets. That's what it is. I mean, that's well, they went. They went last season. They had thirteen games where they'd sorry, they they eleven clean sheets. I think in thirteen games, seven games, two goals conceded this season. That's how you win titles, Greg. I would have thought. Yeah, look, going back to it now. We have look. We had a great start, but it's only ah, come on, Greg. None of this. We, crap no, we had a great. <laughs> come on, just be honest. <laughs> we had a great. Just go start. back to what you were saying before the show. You know, <laughs> you know, not, not Johnny. Now, don't be at this. You know. We need people to come back in here. Yeah. Don't, be, don't uh, be throwing people. In but the in goal. fairness, two goals in seven games. You're not. You're not really conceding yeah, no, chances. Not no, throwing it's goals. Great. And to be fair, we haven't. And um, like long may I continue. But um, like I said, like we've we've had a great start, and it's only a start. It's a long season. We only played seven games. And you ask any player, any manager, any team in this league, is a, a nice place to go up and play in Finn Park on a Friday night. No. They're going to say no. Mm. It's going to be a hard game for us. So like, well, and the big thing I think about this group and the mentality is, you know, sometimes I've been in teams, you come in after a Friday night and you look at the other results and think, oh, who's done this, who's done that? We're not like that. I know it's a cliche, but we can only take care of ourselves, you know, that kind of way. And if it's good enough at the end of the year, it's good enough at the end of the well, year. Well, as professionals, like, you, you played Dundalk last season, you were hockeyed in Tala, 5-2 yeah. or whatever it was. We were that must really piss you off. It's like, oh, yeah. you, you don't want to come off the pitch against Dundalk, a smaller club than Shamrock Rovers, and get really humiliated. Oh, oh, Dundalk are a smaller club than Shamrock Rovers. Um, or at least historically in terms of resources, right. blah, 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 and what they've been throughout their history. You came off the I pitch... I'd just like to distance myself from Johnny Ward. I'm never travelling <laughs> to Bro- Oriel Park. Sean is the biggest club in, in, in Ireland, I would say. But So you must have been... They must give you some motivation. Yeah, well, like, obviously, but you look at how far we finished last year off Dundalk. You last know, few years. Do like, you know what I mean? And um, this year, again, I think Dundalk are going to be the favourites for the league. And we just try and either bridge that gap. And if it's a case where we come up short or we, we win it, yeah, obviously brilliant. But at the same time, there's, we've we've signed whatever three or four players 
Like there's still that gap. There's like a lot of things has to happen for us to bridge that gap. And look, like I said, it's only a start, and um, and hopefully it can continue. But we can't get carried away. Like. The likes of yourself and Ronan Finn is this part of your role that you know you've won leagues. So is this the younger lads who maybe haven't been involved in a title challenge before? Is it sort of a sense of imparting that message to them for these games? Because I think of Cork. I think you would the start of the season. You won. You went in that run. You. You scrapped the win up in Finn Harps, from what I recall. You know, they were the ugly wins that Cork were good at, yeah. and you might have to do a bit of that this year as well. Uh, yeah, you will. Like I said, like I said, there. I mean, got that win in Waterford. Yeah. That's a scrappy and win. Was just, you know, there was, and I thought we did. We thought we played well enough, but mm. it was that night was the conditions were, were ter- mm. terrible. You know, but um, stuff like that. Yeah, getting the last win, last minute winners and stuff does help. Bit of momentum we and need confidence someone in the else to win the league. Is that what you're saying? Yeah? So you put all the pressure on me here. No, no, <laughs> I'm just saying, but we, I think the league needs someone else to step up now. And I think Rovers have a brilliant opportunity this mm. year. Well, it's, really a, uh, it's interesting because I think the Docks business model is built around winning the league every year as well. So there's real pressure there. I know there's pressure on Rovers, but there's pressure on Dundalk too. So um, I think I think it's 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 exciting because I think I think both teams are probably clicking a bit now you know but it is a long road the one thing you would say is about this fixture list is you play so much of your season in the space of, of a month works, like so you get bad injuries at the wrong time no matter how good you are and how deep your squad is and it can kill you you know like at that at that moment of the season it could all go wrong and you i think rovers that's where you kill yourselves a bit last year that you, you just went on runs at times and you couldn't get out of that cycle and yeah. next thing you know you're miles of points you're, you're, you're way behind. So, and, and the flip side is Dundalk, last year, it took them a while to get going too, but then from the 1st of May when they lost, they won 16 out of 17, and they just got on this run. So a lot can, a lot can change in a period of time. This here, time last year, Stephen Bradley was, was, a lot of people were saying he shouldn't, he's out of his depth in this job, and people seem to forget now that a year later he's two years in, but he's been given time by Shamrock Rovers, which I think, regardless of what anyone thinks of the job he's done at Shamrock Rovers, so it's just, you don't get time in football anymore. I think that's and, and Rovers, I think, deserve an awful lot of credit yeah, for standing by important. a young manager. I really do, I think it's important because, you know, in fairness to Dundalk and Cork, probably over the last few years, they have been a little bit ahead of Shamrock Rovers, and that's been proven point Boys. and he had a plan he obviously had a two or three or four year plan at Rovers they've stuck to it between the underage structures you know selling players on bringing players in and they've stuck with what, what, what the plan is and at this stage of the season after se- uh, seven matches for Rovers they're top of the table and you know you, you have to give them credit Johnny I agree what, what has it felt like in that regard Greg because you're you have a young management team who are learning on the job and you're kind of an experienced player being along for the ride with them I suppose you're always learning as a player yeah. aren't you always learning boy um, no like I, for me personally, I love it because the three lads there of Glenn, there's Gaffer, Steve McPhail, all my feeders, you know what I mean? So um, <laughs> you're always learning and you, you take things from them and every day, like obviously different days, we do unit work with my feeders, defenders break off and stuff like that. But uh, just getting little things and little snippets off them and you can bring it to a game. defensive work then? Or? Uh, I don't want to say too much on that. But yeah. But um, but you've different but kind of different, yeah, for no, different. but like different, yeah, we would, but they'd mix it up as well, like so. Mm. It'll be everyone will do a bit of everything, um. But um, no, it's it's great, it's great. That a lot of enthusiastic and to want to do well, and they're not long out of the game. You know what I mean? And the game's evolved over the years, and back in Johnny's day, you know what I mean? But I think but it's important that what you're saying. That it obviously, uh, I'm listening to you, Greg, and you're planning for your week, you're planning on what way you want to play. So there's a structure to your yeah. training. It's not just oh, a minute yeah. training. There's proper structure there. But I think what's vital for Shamrock Rovers is they've started a race quickly. You're going to come across a few yeah, new bends. Yeah. yeah, there will be a few t- a p- period of the season where you get a couple of draws or might be. You might not. You might keep it going. But I think it's vital that you're out at the front of the race. You're out there at the start. Just look, look, last, look last year, you're looking up or chasing yeah. to the yeah. way, but look, keep putting back to it. It's a long, it's a long road. Yeah. Are you, are you, by the way, are you in that house in Roadstone with all I the am, yeah, I Big am, Brother House? How many's in there now this uh, year? I think there's five or six of us. Five or six? Yeah, yeah. It's a good working environment, Madhouse, is it? A good living yeah. environment? Ah, babysitting, yeah, it's great. <laughs> you've, you've <laughs> yeah, you are. Sam Bone, Lee Grace, Vohich, and who else is there? Uh, Joel Cushane is there. And is Lee Grace you're obviously mates with because yeah. both of you have kind of South East accents that are hard to decipher but um, oh, is, he, is he going <laughs> to how far can this lad go um, i go back to again I've played with good centre backs Kenny Brown Adam Bennett Jamie Guinness Ken O'Man just name a few and I'm probably missing a few there but like I think you're lucky he didn't play with me Johnny he was just about to say something <laughs> just about to, about to come into the game and you were leaving but um, no I think Lee is is, um, is a top player 
And like I said, I think he developed late, you know, he kind of was yeah. in the army, he was younger, and he's getting, and he's learning the game, and he's... I think last season stood to him yeah, really well. Yeah, big time, big really time. Do. But, um, and he's, he's a leader, he's a leader, he leads the lads, and he's, you know, he's a good talker, and obviously he's, he's great on the ball, playing out, and, he, like, you know, he wants to be a defender, and I think he, if he has another year or two, he, he could have a chance, but you just don't know, but for us, we're glad we have him, we can, you know. And Alan Manis as well, the difference he's made. Yeah, uh, yeah, to be fair, Al's, Al's made a big game. It's been a big help to us coming in, kind of steady the ship a bit when we needed it. Like, you know, I think at the start of year last year, we were all taking turns, making mistakes and stuff, and we couldn't get out of that rut. I think Al came in after Gav and stuff, and he just, you know, that calmness he, he brought to the back four and everyone else in the team. And so much experience. Yeah, that's it. And to be fair to Al, he doesn't say much, bar, bar the Friday nights. Um, <laughs> but that's when it matters. That's when it matters, and the lights come on. But, um, no, he's been great, and he's been a big help for the back four, and that solidarity among the group, yeah, he's, he's been great. Johnny, we were having an argument on WhatsApp last night about you, know, you wanted to do a lot of first division stuff, and yet, how long into the pod, you haven't mentioned a yeah. word about your he said first division. He, oh, yeah, he, tried, he threw in a token Galway reference, because they're the only club to have someone called up. Fairness, yeah. he's, he's been grilling Greg there, it's been the Shamrock <laughs> Robbers yeah. show for the last He's, he's going through the entire squad, one by one, and he's completely <laughs> forgot his beloved first division. No, because Give us some first division matters. Well, we, we don't have a first division guest on. Yeah, but you still have an opportunity to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, uh, senior councillor grilling Greg there for the last few minutes. But the results last week were... the countdown. The results last week were very... I was I was I was actually uh, just catching up with Robbie Benson, see what progress he's making before the show, and we were on about that loan. Three wins out of four. Mm-hmm. They were an absolute joke shop last season, and people uh, actually going back to to Lissy Woolen and going to the games now. They went to Bray and won. Um, this was a huge result, you know. And Cabin Teeley hockey and draw it away. All of a sudden, the first division you're looking at it and you're. Whatever you understood about it, maybe that you think Shells are going Captain to win the league. Captain Shells recently as well. Yeah. yeah, Rob Manley's yeah. on fire. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's just it's kind of unfortunate. I know we've I know we've had this debate about crap grounds and all that, but I just think there's so much quality that we're not, not seeing there. Yesterday at the college final, and the pitch. fine ground, isn't it? What's the artificial like? Is it? Is it's, it's, it's fantastic. Well, it's just yeah. laid down though, so yeah. obviously it's not weathered yet. Because right. they're the ground. The problem with those grounds is after a while they're just they're not replaced properly or whatever. Well, it's it's it, it, the place itself is good. The dress rooms, you know. Place is spotless clean, is good for spectators yeah. as well, I have to say. But uh, yeah. Drogs won, Cabin Teeley four, Limerick three, Cove one. So Limerick are off the mark, I think, yeah, their first win. Uh, Galway, Sh- Galway Longford was postponed. Uh, it's just been so strange. We've had no rain for a long time, and now games have been called off um, at various levels. Obviously, Shells three. Uh, Wexford, Wexford, unfortunately. Your, your native county, I mean, it's not looking the May West for them this season. They're, they're getting uh, hockeyed every week. No, it's not looking the best. I don't want to say too much, man. I don't, I don't yeah. know. But um, oh, it's hard. It's hard. Fair, like you know, you look at other teams and probably budgets are a lot higher than Wexford and of you know they're fighting and probably where it is and stuff. But um, hopefully they can get a few results and get back back to winning ways a bit. Where did you play your schoolboy football? I know you started at UCD in the League of Ireland um, sense, but were you involved with the Wexford? Youths? I was with Wexford Youths before they had a League of Ireland team. All right, I played with the inter county and stuff. We actually won a few inter counties. Mm. Um, Another few medals, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Medals. Yeah. What age are you now? Uh, thirty. Oh, you're thirty. So you are one of the older statesmen that were over. Is it? Yeah. But even in terms of Wexford players, but you oh, ca- look at those. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but you ca- you just because ca- you stopped doing the weights. <laughs> 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 but like you, you had Kevin Doyle, I suppose, as a as a Wexford. My cousin, actually. Oh, he is a cousin he's of yours. Cousin, yeah. It's been discussed before. Uh, Kevin Doyle's minding the horses now. I see as well. He's he got is, big. He's tip up. Uh, no, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I'm not major contact around him, but I think I don't know his mother or my mother's his father's first cousin or something. Right. Like that. Makes him third or fourth. Classic cousin. Irish. Yeah, thing, yeah. It's away, but um, we're all related down the extra day. But uh, <laughs> yeah, cousins so, and horses. Yeah, I'll tell you that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but in terms of Wexford players in the league, I mean, I know. I know many, yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking. That I know with Wexford youths and Wexford FC now, there probably would be a certain amount. But of your age group, was there many that you played school by football um, with that would have? No, not really. Like hey, Johnny. Um, <laughs> no, not really. So the reason where I started in UCD is I went and played with the Irish schools. My school actually didn't even play soccer. Um, they were just like good council college. I don't know if you know it. Down in um, down in Wexford, New Ross, and we is played. That Ryan Delaney went as well. Ryan Delaney yeah. went. Uh, Ryan Delaney is from New Ross as well, where I'm from. But um, we didn't have a soccer soccer team. We just was football and Ghana. I played a bit of football actually, and um, with with college and Wexford. Um, I'm too bad at the football, but um, I miss it actually. But um, do you want to just talk about your football? Career no, 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 no. Uh, but uh, literally, I made the Irish schools team and stuff like that, and I was playing with with Wexford, my local club, New Ross Celtic, and uh, 
end up, I think, don't John Wilkes, that was at um, Terry Orchard, was asked me to go play. The back of his taxi asked me to go play, and um, I said, yeah, look, I'll go. I was 16, 17 at the time, and I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. It was the 17s league, and um, I just played a year with Terry Orchard, and then ended up getting, obviously, Pete Mangan onto me in UCD. Asked me to do a scholarship, whatever, to win for the trials, and it done all right. Unbelievable. But story to that, Pete said the scholarship. I wasn't really great in school or anything, but um, but he was saying like I didn't have enough points to get to do the scholarship, and he's like, oh, that's grand. We won't worry about that. Look, there's a PLC course there. Just do a year of that, and you'll be fine. Right, signed the deal. Found out then I signed about the last seven years. There was no PLC course, <laughs> so I just wanted me to sign, you know. And, um, and how did you get there's been trouble in America over this reason? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>. But <laughs> himself and Martin Russell, obviously Martin Russell was at the at the club as well, and Eddie Wallace and stuff. So I went to did the Rings and Force courses, yeah, yeah. and I was actually I don't know if you remember Johnny, probably about forty years ago, Tinas. But uh, you were doing the our coaching badges, and we were we were dummies. You we were the dummies for you, yeah. for you, like you know doing the doing the. I remember you seen you playing. You were a good player then. But um, yeah. <laughs> What type of coach was Johnny at that stage? I was, uh, yeah. I was, I was coming through. Was there was probably in the FAO coaching pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the back, um, the back of a taxi was, you know, you want some stories about John the back Wilkes. of a taxi. Yeah. You know, Johnny, I gave me life story out the other day. Chatham House rule. We're gonna get <laughs> this man next, next in this. Uh, he'll give us a brilliant six thousand word story. <laughs> um, the fixtures this weekend anyway are uh, Harps obviously are playing. Rovers in the only game and Cove Shelburne Athlone Longford uh, a, a, a Midlands derby I would dare say is the biggest one they've had in Athlone in many years um, Galway United Drada Wexford Bray Cabin TV and Limerick which is on Saturday we should say it I was uh, which what, is I was on Saturday Johnny just while you're on Athlone I was down there yesterday at, at the university's league final and uh, I was looking at all photographs, 1981-82, Athlone won the league, you know, it was in around that period. Before Larry Wise and that, that, that era. Yeah, Larry Wise, Jimmy Jackson and fellas. And, uh, they played AC Milan was the following the picture, year. No, was Milan, was in the, Milan was earlier than that. It was, was it? it was, 70s. And I was just coming that, there was a picture of 74, AC Milan getting off the bus, stepping out onto the moat. Oh well, the story was yeah. that. that they was Trap tra- tra- uh, tra- was the manager yeah. then. And of course, Trap, when he came over as Ireland manager, he used to tell us all these stories. And he had a, he had a great story about arriving to Athlone on a boat. Which was a few problems with that, to be honest. You know, the story, <laughs> story clearly just wasn't true. But uh, his, his recollection of it, like, you know, Trap had a fantastic game, though. It was like Columbus coming in with the lads, like, to discover new lands. But actually, you know I mean, they clearly got a bus, uh, as, as the pictures would suggest. Oh, I swear, it was just completely. Maybe Manuela got the interpretation wrong, did you? <laughs> so, just, it was just as, as you were talking about, Lowen, I thought I'd throw that one out. You're, you're like many uh, Irish entrepreneurs then before you, you're off to Gibraltar. Yeah, I'm yeah. off to Gibraltar uh, tomorrow, Thursday. I hope the wind yeah. doesn't pick up, Dan. It's just open. It's meant to be a... a I was there with the oh, firms. Oh, were yeah, you? Yeah. We played read that on the piece, yeah. We were yeah. there. The, the that was about 8,000 words in. <laughs> 8,200. That was, that was the beginning of the New Testament, <laughs> I think, Chris Hudson, that... Greg was talking about college. It was my thesis, yeah. Yeah. But the, Greg, did you, so we got, we got off t- did you end up in UCD studying then at no, any point off that? I was just playing with... Playing with just playing ball? Playing ball and doing the FA Force course in Rings End. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did well, that for two years, yeah. But sorry, Gibraltar. On the side, yeah, it's a tiny place. The wind uh, will just blow straight through it. Bad, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's, it's, across uh, the runway, it's mad. You're coming in, the, coming into Winston Churchill's Avenue and then you cross the runway and then the pitch is just there and it's just... It's just open on both ends. I see all the teams in the Gibraltar League. They just play in one grant. They just play. There's like it's almost a lot of it's like having a local Astro League yeah. or something where you all go and play there. So there's obviously there's no there's no Ollie Horgan style making your place hard to go <laughs> hard to go and play in. Like we, you we know? went down on a, a break with the Pharaohs just a bit uh, season a summer summer break with the Pharaohs senior team and uh, there's no signs for Gibraltar in Spain. Yeah, they don't recognize animosity towards. Yeah, they don't. There's no signs. No. Where's Gibraltar? Down there, somewhere. there's no signs for it to tell you it's 50 kilometers or it's not so. Uh, but it's gonna be if, if the wind blows there, it might make it really difficult, you know. It might mm. make I, d- I, I know, like I know the pharaohs, the pharaohs were better than Gibraltar, you know, better than Gibraltar by some distance, I think. But at the same time, you understand the mindset of these smaller international nations that it's, it's not straightforward, it should be straightforward, but. It may not be, you know, no, the pitch and all that. They, they were only trying to get, they're trying to get recognised, you know, they're obviously part of UA for now and mm. they're recognised now. But, as I said, it, it, I, I know the pitch has been relayed and whatever else, but 
it'll just if the wind blows it's going to make the place really really difficult I, I did like your anecdote about playing it, Italy and you turn around to Brian and wherever <laughs> it was in Italy it's 15 minutes in it was nil all we're doing alright here and he's like yeah we haven't touched the ball yet he said a little stronger than that John yeah, I know I couldn't quite <laughs> <laughs> and we said we're after the match we're coming down and Prandelli is there he had been his first match you know yeah. and Italy brought back to Florence place is packed for the whole it was brilliant and they beat us 5-0 in the end it was 2-0 mm-hmm. at half time and uh, but he, it was it was great uh, so he's there, he's there having a smoke beside the bus and he's shaking hands he's being really polite and he said I says to him, ah, the fourth goal killed us. So you had the clear what I was saying. Thanks for coming in, lads. No problem. Um, best of luck this season, Greg. Thanks very much. Yeah, looks like uh, looks like it could be your. Oh, year. you're not going to bring them Maybe. back in for yeah. another bloody interrogation, John. No you know? interrogation at all. Uh, Shamrock Rovers top of the league after seven games. But Dundalk have a game in hand. Dan, it is kind of looking like it might be a two horse race. Is it? Who knows? There's a lot of games ahead. I mean, what, what day are we now? We're in the middle of April, or in the middle of March, or a couple of the end of March, so I've lost all track of time. But we'll have 25 games done by, by the start of June. So like, that's a, there's an insane amount of games played in the next period of time, you know? So we should see. That was episode six. But there are limits to your life.